Eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food. Drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Blend Bar Cigar is where we record in Indianapolis. They're also in Pittsburgh, Houston, and Nashville. Blendbarcigar.com. Backbone Bourbon, the sponsor of sponsors. Love those people. And Fanimation, the best ceiling fans out there. Fanimation.com. Me, I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. Uh, I wanted to update. I mentioned it last week. I performed a wedding. Oh, yeah. And it's official. I'm never doing this again. Oh. Never. Why? Ever. You didn't enjoy ever. it? So Fingers Malloy is is a... Uh, a hopeless romantic. <laughs> he is a... Are you a are you a minister, a reverend, or a pastor? Yes, uh, but you've performed weddings. Yes, I have. You've done a few. One. I'm, you, I'm, oh, I'm fixing. As long as this wasn't drunk talk, I'm fixing to do another one. In I thought April. you had done a couple. No, only one. Uh, and I would never have gotten into the biz if a friend of mine didn't approach me and say, "Listen, we are not religious folk. Uh, but we but we want someone uh, to perform our wedding ceremony. We don't want to do it uh, at a." You know, uh, a courthouse or anything. We want you to do it. You know us. I was like, oh, great. Honored. So, so these people are religious folk. Oh, they're Catholics. Oh, and they said, we want the Jew. And I said, maybe you don't understand how this works. <laughs> Did they actually say, bring me the Jew? They Is said, that what they bring, said? bring me the Hebrew. <laughs> who do you know who has no foreskin? Bring him forth and let him join us in holy matrimony. Uh, they they are religious folks, but they didn't want it for their wedding, which I think was an interesting. Like, weird thing. And I, I know the guy from, from where I work, the radio station, and, mm-hmm. and where I work. Young kid, nice kid. His fiance is just delightful. Absolutely. And I have a world-class story about his fiance from the wedding, which I will not share. About. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. I can't. I'll do, I'll do it next week. I'll share the story next week. You got to get permission first. I did not drink this much at my wedding. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It's, oh, it's adorable and fantastic. Was there White Claw? <laughs> there was White Claw. There was all the White Claw. You know, I took a meeting last week about how to get into the hard seltzer business. I took a legitimate meeting about getting into the hard... Um, so we live in Indianapolis. So I was going to call it Circle City Hard Seltzer. Okay. As a matter of fact, I now own the domain name Circle City Hard <laughs> Seltzer. But someone suggested I call it Cat's Claw. <laughs> to take off on the white claw, and I said, "You, sir, are a delightful genius." Um, so I, I, uh, I did this this wedding, mm-hmm. right? And so when I got asked, I don't know about you, when you got asked, were you just like yes, like right away? Absolutely, really? and then immediately had second thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't just say yes right away. So I, it took me a month and a half. Like I met with them, mm-hmm. I talked to them, I wanted to understand them. Then I said yes. Then I met with the families. I mean, I was looking for any way to back out, if you will. And it's not anything to do with them. It's a huge responsibility. It's huge. If you screw up, it's remembered for the rest of their lives, the family's lives. Everyone is all in on this wedding. And if you screw up, the pressure, uh, it's it's too much. Oh, I took it much differently. I had to say to myself, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be associated with these people for the rest of my life. Are they people I feel confident in being associated with? Oh, wow. This was, oh, much heavier for me than just if I just, you know, stumble on something. You're going to stumble on something. Oh, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking I, about I something did. major. I, like- and I actually, because I, I referred to her as Rachel and not Emily. It was a friend's reference. It was a pretty good one. Wow. If you ask me. Uh, but, uh, no, I wasn't worried about that. It was like, do you want to be associated? I, the, 
the rabbi who married us was not the rabbi I grew up with. And if the rabbi who married us is listening, I regret it. I regret it. He was the, the new rabbi for the same guy. It wasn't, wasn't that he wasn't a nice dude. It's just I, I have no attachment to the guy. Why did you pick him then? Groupon? Because he, he was the rabbi. And oh. so I was like, all right. And I didn't, I, you know what? I didn't think about it. Now, I have a perfect marriage. I have an absolutely successful, wonderful, joyous marriage. But I, I, I would not have picked I would not have picked the dude. So I wanted it to like mean something to really make sure it meant something to them, make sure it meant and it did, it really meant something to them. They were like, We're excited to have you do this. I was like, Oh, well, that's just I don't know what to say about that. Well, think about that, how what an honor it is that the, a, a, a couple that's getting ready to get married would actually sit down and talk about how they would be really excited to ask you to perform the wedding And that's ceremony. that's a level that's a new level of pressure. Because it was, I was very focused on what do you want to hear? What is it that, that's about you? And, and, and eventually they're like, we just want you to do this thing. I'm like, if, if I'm on radio, I'm on the podcast, I'm talking about something, you, someone disagrees with it, whatever. The couple disagrees with it. We have a serious problem. And then you got the parents in the first row judging you the whole time. Best Why point? didn't they get so-and-so? Why didn't they get that from the, the, the priest? Father, Father Pat. Why didn't they get Father Pat? The, the, the parents were fans. Oh, nice. The parents are radio fans, so they're like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> it was, it, I'm, I'm never doing it again, though. Why I'm not? Ne- you're doing it again. And I, I and think so, as long as it wasn't drunk talk. Uh, and I, and from I, what I hear, because I know the person in question is not yeah. drunk talk. Oh, cool. Actually expecting you to show up and wear pants and, oh. and do the thing. Well, then there was no talk of pants when they asked like, me. Would, like, because someone said to me, are you going to do this again? I said, oh, no. They're like, you can get really get paid. I'm like, get paid? What a... This is not a. How I could not do this as a side gig right. on, on any on any bet. Do you think you could do this for like other people for like randos? No. Yeah, I couldn't. I, 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 between that and also, you know, uh, I I think it's a great wedding gift, Tony. <laughs> well, I give a gift. I gave you my heart and soul when I married you. Ah, see, you didn't need a check, right? So, uh, but no, I can't. I can't imagine doing that for strangers. It's one thing to have friends ask you. They, they think to themselves, "I really want you. I right. want you. I want you know us, and you can make it a special day for us." Instead of just getting some stranger. You know, I really notice this at funerals, where uh, you'll have a, you know a family will go to a funeral home, and they'll have a staff clergy there that. Uh, will perform the, the the service and it'll be allowed. I never knew so and so, but this is what I've heard about him. Mm-hmm. And it's like it feels just very like, interesting, formal. You know, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like there's a connection there. And, but this is a wedding. That's a whole different thing. You understand it at a funeral. You would want the person performing the ceremony to at least have some intimate knowledge of the couple. You know, instead of just look looking like they're going off of a Mad Lib script. Right. You know. So I. I, I don't know if I could do it for complete strangers, but for the right price, I certainly can. <laughs> we are drinking the Henry McKenna tenure. Now, if I have it right, we are now in the place where I'm not 100% sure if we've done things before. We have so many podcasts under the belt of Eat, Drink, Smoke available on iTunes. Subscribe and give it a five-star review. Eat, Drink, Smoke on iTunes uh, that I'm not so sure but this is the Henry McKenna 10-year bottled and bond. This is from Heaven Hill. There's a part of me that thinks we've done it before. And what I'm curious about is, has our palate changed to be able to make a change to the review we did 
back then. I didn't even go back and look. This is a 10-year, 50% alcohol by volume, so it's 100 proof, 75% corn, 13% rye, 12% barley. And so, you know, the mash bill on, on bourbon has to be 51% corn. It has to be done in American charred oak barrels. It can only be cut by water and only to reduce the proof. It's the only thing. That's what makes a bourbon. It does not have to come from Kentucky. This happens to be a Kentucky bourbon, but it does not have to come from uh, Kentucky. So this is a deeper, richer bourbon than we've seen in some of the other ones. Sometimes you'll get a, a paler, more golden. This is a darker, richer, almost almost to a cough syrup uh, kind of, of color here. I'm going for the nose. I'm going for the nose, fingers. That's very, very pleasing. Mm. All right. So uh, the descriptions, some of them, dark fruit, leather, and a rich, warm wood. The leather, I think, is legit. <laughs> Stop it. Well, man, here's warm wood and he can't. Go ahead. <laughs> Admittedly, that is a nice nose. Not medicinal in any way, shape, or form. And not knocking you out. It's, it's, it's manly flavorful. It's not over fruity. Although it is there. Like, that's a, that's a nice, a nice smell. of fruit. But fruits is in, and but, dark fruits, like the plums and, right. the, and, the, and, the, and the black cherry stuff. And it does, but it doesn't overwhelm you. Right? There's no apple in that or anything else. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nice. You ready? Yeah. You ready to do it? Yeah. So we do it neat, and then uh, we have the big rock. I'm not even doing ice chips today. I'm doing big rock. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Fingers? Oh, don't. Are you all right? What just happened? Oh, my God. What the hell just happened? It's fine. It's fine. You almost did you almost spit it out or did you almost like yeah, and it had dribble? nothing to do with the flavor. What happened? I inhaled as I took a drink and the, the <sighs> Grandma the, <laughs> What went wrong? It went right into my nose. Oh did the it? Alcohol. <laughs> the strong alcohol aroma went right into my nose and I almost right. spit it out all over the computer. Oh my god. That was a frightening scene. I thought that was your O face. Oh, <laughs> Okay. That has a sting mid-tongue, not the tip of the tongue. Does not hurt going down at all. It is a rather warm bourbon. Um, actually, it's a actually, winter bourbon. Rather, it is. That's a nice way to put that. This is thick. You know what I mean? Um, the palate is supposed to be dark red fruit and wood. Um, and then uh, getting into a little bit of a nutmeg and, and citrus, maybe some roasted or toasted Getting corn. the citrus, getting the, the, the plum kind of flavor, not getting a lot of the nutmeg. I'm throwing it right on ice, too. I think that's going to be the answer. I think that's going to be the answer. Oh, what's weird is, is it's strong, but it's not. It doesn't hurt. Right. It is strong, and it's much more in the head. Like, sometimes you feel it in the chest, the upper, the lower, sometimes in the esophagus. It is right now just working its way down the throat. 30 seconds on the cube, it's already taken the sting away. Like, but it's in the head, right? Yeah. It's like in the jaw. Yeah. Which is a really weird thing. All right, I'm doing it. Boom. On the cube. Um, yeah, 30 seconds on the cube, it already took the sting away. Average price of this thing, 30 bucks a bottle. Okay. 30 bucks a I'd bottle. I'd do this for this 30 bucks the, a bottle. The Henry McKenna 10-year bottled in bond. This, to me, is uh, a bottle that I would pull out after Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. All ice all day. Yeah. 
It is so. It brings out the plum. I yeah. Without, it and does. takes away the sting. There's a good fruit. I cannot describe like the weirdness. And maybe it's just today, man. It's just it's in my cheeks. I've never felt it in my. We've we've had some good stuff. It's weird. It's just all in the jaw and the cheek. Am I having a stroke? Look at my face. <laughs> Do you smell toast? <laughs> Blink your right eye three times if I need to call nine one one. Can't do it. No, <laughs> couldn't do it. Couldn't do it if I was fine. <laughs> Certainly can't do it now. Fanimation, our great sponsor, Fanimation.com, ceiling fans for every room in your home, indoor, outdoor, LED lighting, whisper quiet. The fans are incredible, and the motors are amazing, how they're constructed and customizable. What kind of, of style do you want? What kind of blade do you want? How do you want it put together? They've got it all at Fanimation. Dot com. They've been incredible sponsors of this podcast at Blend Bar Cigar, where we record all the fans that move the air around are Fanimation fans in all their locations. And they could be fans in your home. The ceiling fan finishes up the room. You got the living room. You got the family room. You've done all that work. Finish it off with the right ceiling fan. You want a ceiling fan that keeps you cool in your bedroom, but it doesn't make that whirring noise. You know what I mean? That engine, that motor noise that keeps you up all night. Fanimation.com. You've got the new outdoor area. Uh, this is what you want as well. I finally got a quote on my porch, oh. and I'm not doing a porch. But if I was, <laughs> it would be Fanimation fans. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Fanimation fans, they're, they're the part you can afford. Fanimation.com. Spect- spectacular. Spectacular fans. Uh, speaking of smoking, we'll get to the cigar in a minute. More and more being discussed about vaping. As if somehow vaping is the greatest enemy <laughs> of all mankind, they have got vaping looking like how they used to make the posters of marijuana back in the 30s. What was that called? Um, it was a green something or other. Uh, it, it was, uh, oh, God. Oh, good Lord. But it's just ridiculous. Um, and how they've made vaping the absolute enemy. Um, vaping is not the enemy. Kids shouldn't vape. They're two different things. Very different things. And it seems that we've just got this whole... It, it reminds me of immigration. We talk about illegal immigration as a problem in America because you're breaking the law. And what does the political left do? Oh, you don't like immigrants. You don't like brown people. That's not... That's a ridiculously, ridiculously foolhardy conversation. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. It's nonsense. And it's wrong. And you should be able to talk about illegal immigration... And still be okay with immigration. I'm one of those people. I oppose illegal immigration because it breaks the law. I'm fine with immigration because that's how I got to the country. It's how my grandparents got to the country. I think it's how you take care of a lot of the issues of the number of jobs we have open in America through smart policy. Why not? Let everybody make some cash. Everyone's going to feel better and happier and take care of their families and the whole thing. You just don't allow the criminal elements in and you make sure you know who's coming in. Seems smart to me. A rational, rational policy. Vaping, for a lot of people, is how they don't get involved in smoking. Yes, it has the nicotine, and the nicotine, you could say, is problematic. It's not as problematic as all the other crap that's in cigarettes that does massive harm to you. So people go to vaping, Juul, and all the other stuff. Well, seven people have died because of vaping. What they don't discuss, some of them had underlying illnesses, and many of them weren't vaping the stuff that comes from Juul or one of the actual companies. They're dealing with some black market crazy stuff. They're, seven people died from Juul, and now the state of New York and the state of Michigan, your state, Fingers Malloy, 
Uh, they don't allow vaping of fruit flavors or this, that, and the other. Eight people died of Tide Pods. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Seven people died of, of vaping, and two states have already passed but laws banning it. Seven people died from the jewel? They died from vaping. I don't okay. know specifically you it was said jewel. jewel. You did okay. say jewel. I okay, meant, I meant vaping in general. Right. Okay. Vaping in general. Right. I don't want to make sure. I don't want to disparage the company at all. Right. I'm not. As a matter of fact, Jewel's more than welcome to, to sponsor the podcast. Jewel is more than welcome to be a part of it, and if you or some other vaping company, because I'm in. And what I'm into is the idea that people who don't want to smoke cigarettes still are smoking something. And for many people, it is their way of engaging a cessation project, their uh, process. They're not going to they, they, stopping smoking is difficult. They're going to they're going to do it this way. I'm fine with them. I'm never fine with kids doing uh, vaping. Do you know they're now selling to school systems uh, vaping alert alarms? Finally, you, one person stationed in the bathroom. You vape, you get suspended for nine days. Next time you get expelled. You watch how quickly kids don't vape. Why are we somehow afraid of teenagers? What? Listen, I, uh, they don't count. Sorry, guys. It's not that you're bad people. You have no rights. You're 16. I don't understand people who vape that have never smoked cigarettes. I, I, I understand why kids are doing it because they think it looks cool. And it's easier to get your hands on uh, a vape pen, maybe, than it is getting and there's cigarettes. No smell. there's no smell. And there's no smell. And your parents won't know. But... As well, someone we who sold, was, we just sold. Yeah. Don't we just sold it? We're like the advertising for why kids <laughs> don't do it. Can we do? Can we have a Tony Katz vape pen right after we have the uh, Tony Katz seltzer? Is that what we're going to do? Here? My hard seltzer is going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be gold. Also, not sold to kids. But I don't understand. Like I smoked, and and, and did it, you? Yeah, and it was one, it was wonderful. <laughs> no. Here's 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 a side story. I didn't start smoking until I was like 37 years old. Because well, there was such a positive buzz about smoking at the time, and I thought I want in. I was one of these guys that I'd be around my friends who were smoking, and I said to myself, I said to them, "You need to stop. You need to stop." Well, then one time, I was really drunk, and I said, "Give me one of those." And I took my first puff, and I thought to myself, "Where have you been all of my life?" Did you really? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I have a friend. Uh, you know her, Tracy Connors. Uh, she started vaping. Long before it became really a thing, she was walking through a, a mall, and there was a kiosk uh, of a, a company that you built your own pen, and they would you know, sell you all the parts and stuff. And she said, give me one of those. She was smoking three packs a day. Holy cow. She was a, a Hollywood assistant. Uh, 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 I don't know what she was doing. Three it, packs a day? Three packs a day. They would start early in the morning, and, and vaping got her off cigarettes. And I think that vaping is a wonderful way for smokers to get off of cigarettes. I've I talked agree. to many people that have tried the drugs that they have. I won't mention the names because I don't want to badmouth them and who needs to get sued. Right. But I know one person that was on a drug, they would start shaking. It would, it would, it, it, the, 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 the drugs that they prescribe to you, to, or, or the over, I don't know if it's over the counter, you have to be prescribed to try to quit cigarettes. Like the patches and all those kinds of things? Yeah, the, the, the gum. Yeah, the, yeah, there's a... Whatever, we're not yeah, using names. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But whatever, they're, they're, they're popping a pill. And it, oh, it would, I don't know what that is. Uh, it doesn't matter. It would uh, give them the shakes, and it was terrible. The vaping pen did none of that. Now, the, the point that you brought up earlier, which I think is very important, is you're seeing states now saying, we need to regulate this, ban this. And from what I've heard, the people who have been... Uh, damaged by vaping is from going to the black market stuff. And all you're going to do by banning this stuff is push people 
either to the black market to get the products that they want or back to cigarettes. So there are two things about the banning that are worth noting. First, the things that they're banning are the fruit flavors, fruity pebbles or chocolate this or whatever. And I have had people reach out to like my radio producer and others. My grandmother vapes and she likes the fruity pebble stuff. She's 84 years old. The idea that these flavors are marketing to kids, I want to put an end to that thesis. Because I may have bought into that thesis at one time, but you do enough thinking about it, enough research on it, enough just practical application. It's not true. Marketing to kids is cereal. If you walk into the cereal aisle, do not look at it like an adult. Actually drop down to the floor and look at it like a kid. And you will notice that every child's cereal, the eyes are pointed down. They're looking at I the had kids. I never heard that before. Go start searching up cereals. Go look at Snap, Crackle, and Pop. They're not looking at you. They're looking down that's at the kids. They're, that's where the marketing to kids is actually happening. This stuff is not being marketed to 14-year-olds. And if you're selling to 14-year-olds, well, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your actions, and you're going to get fined or whatever else happens. So... When this, this happened, they said, oh, they're marketing to kids and we have to stop this. I've been alive my whole life. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, here's the question. Have you ever seen anything move as fast as some vaping-related illnesses and deaths to the passing of laws in two states? No. Which tells me that they were waiting for this moment, these anti-smoking nutbags, they were waiting for the moment so they could say, let's make it happen, let's ram it through, and I will now share a story from just north of Indianapolis, a city called Carmel. Carmel, Indiana, where they have a massive vaping problem in the high school. It's a very large high school, by the way. I mean, it's like some places have two, three high schools. Uh, This town has one high school. It's massive, massive high school. And they have a vaping problem in the, in the, in the high school. In the, in the bathrooms, vaping is happening all the time. Again, suspend kids, expel kids. Don't, you don't have to put up systems. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. And you don't have to accept it. The city of Carmel, because of the vaping problem in the high school, passed a law that eliminates vaping in parks, vaping outdoors, vaping over here, and you can't smoke cigarettes over there now, or a cigar over here. Kids are vaping, and adults are losing their rights, and the city is like, we're so proud. Oh, we've made everybody so much healthier. You, you haven't made my rights healthier, you scumbags. Because kids are doing it. And what we've allowed to happen in America, they were so well prepared and moved through it so quickly, it's going to be hard to get this horse back into the barn. Right. They have two states, New York and Michigan, have already made it impossible. And they're wrong. They were waiting for a moment. I am not a fan. You can make an argument that it's not healthy. I don't mind you making your arguments win via the culture. Don't be pressuring people to pass laws on this, that, and the other. 86-year-old grandma should be able to eat her Fruity Pebbles and smoke her Fruity Pebbles. I, uh, but no. you, you, can, you could tie this into the gun debate where you have people passing laws based on emotion and nothing more. And that, to me, 
is it's bad legislation when you do stuff like that. It's we should we should do something. Oh my gosh, look at the problems we're having at Carmel High School with vaping. Somebody should do something. And so we have to show that we are moving in yeah, a direction where we're, we're yeah, we're woke and so we come up with this and it ends up harming people who are if you are a, a two pack a day smoker and you discover vaping and it has gotten you off of cigarettes it's changed your life for the better that's good i agree with you why I should the city of carmel get in the way of that and the other thing i find very fascinating or about any this, city yeah. right or, for, or any city or any state the other thing i find interesting about vaping and when it comes to this argument that these fruit flavors are somehow being marketed to children why don't we look at other products that are fruity flavored and never say, well, that they put that together. To, they're marketing that to children. I have a friend who loved and would drink whipped cream flavored vodka. Huh? Whipped cream flavored vodka. Smirnoff makes a whipped cream flavored vodka, and she loved it. Well, it's whipped cream flavored. Are we marketing that to children? There's th- these seltzers that you're talking about. There's cherry seltzer. There's... Uh, raspberry salsa. So are we marketing that to children? Is, is that is that what these companies are doing? Nobody says that because adults like fruity flavors. Yes, they do. And they're trying to sell it to adults. The fact that the kids have decided that they want to do it too, it is a problem. It should be addressed, but not in this heavy-handed way. With parents, it should be addressed with uh, school officials being able to say, you're out. You're out. And when the parents like, how dare you? Be like, no, 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 no. How dare you? Kids out for nine days. Yep. You'll learn your lesson. Part of the problem in all schools, not to get tangent here, is that we don't allow teachers to be treated. We don't allow them to be professionals. We don't allow them to control their classroom. I didn't say they could beat kids, but teachers have to be able to control their classroom. They have to be in charge. And if they're not in charge, you let the kids be in charge. And very often it happens because the administration doesn't back up the teacher when the kid's a problem. Tell the kid the kid's got to go. You vape, nine-day suspension. How dare you? He won't do it again because you'll make sure of it because the next time he's gone. Hope you enjoy spending 30000 a year on private school. Hope you enjoy it quite a bit because that's going to be just a terrible time for your pocketbook. You have to be able to treat them the way they need to be treated. They're kids. They need boundaries. They need to understand that they're not in charge of, of, of anything. There was the climate strike that took place. The kids are going on strike because of the climate. And there are schools out there that have allowed them to go on strike, which is to say, miss a day of class so they can go out there and protest, which is absolutely not the thing to do. At the very least, it should be like, no, if you want to go do this, you actually have to, you know, sacrifice and be missing a day and experience what happens to you. Do you want to fight for your First Amendment rights or not? Our job is not to make it easy for you. That would be at least be one thing. But these kids go on climate strike. Well, this story, this happened today when, I, when, I'm, when we're doing the podcast. In D.C., on the ramp between, like, New York Avenue and 395, which is a busy, 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 busy place. There were, what I, what I would say, kids, but they could have been 20-somethings, all protesting for climate, and they're blocking the roads. They're blocking traffic. And these 50 privileged little white kids. And the cops are letting them do it. The cops are letting them be there in the middle of the road. People are trying to get to work and feed their families and deal with their issues. They can't afford to be late. And here's these privileged little punks. 
And I've got words much greater than punks by trying not to curse on the podcast. And they're blocking the traffic, and the cops are letting them. The cop should have gotten 50 of them together with those little shields that they have and pushed the kids off the road. I didn't say the kids couldn't protest. I didn't say the kids couldn't have their First Amendment rights, even though they're kids and no, it doesn't apply to them. But they're not allowed to block the road. Screw them. And if they don't leave, drag them off the roadway. Drag them off. They're going to get a little road rash, but that's the way it goes. You don't get to block traffic. You don't get to stop other people from handling their business because they don't have the luxury of on a, on a um, recording on a Monday. On a, on, a, on a Monday, they don't have the luxury of not going to work and just standing outside with a sign. Yeah. They have to actually show up and do the work. I don't want to hear about the rights of children when they interfere with the rights of adults. That doesn't mean children should be abused. It means they need to know their place, and we need to remind them of it. And what happened to the time when a parent would grab their child if they were wrong, and rather than defending the child when they do something wrong, would go to a school administrator and say, you know what, my son, my daughter is wrong. I want to give you an example. I don't know if you saw the story of this kid who ran on a football field. I did not. A kid, 16 years old, runs on a football field during a high school football game, and a coach runs out, clotheslines him to tackle him. And what, what, what kind of kid? Off the like a field. little kid? No, 16-year-old kid. Oh, just to be a schmuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And so uh, the mother, rather than taking the kid to the school to apologize to the high school coach, to apologize to the principal, she wants the coach fired because she was the, 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 the coach was too rough on the kid as Screw he was running kid. out on the Screw Exactly. Him. But back in the day, I know if I would have done that, if I would have run out on a football field during a high school game shirtless and a coach tackled me, my dad would have grabbed me by the hair and taken me back into that high school and apologized to the coach and apologized to the school principal for disrupting a football game. Now it's, well, I know my kid did something wrong, but you were a little too hard on my kid. N- no. No, not you need to get your kid in line and tell that kid to apologize to everybody. Yeah. So what do you what did the kid expect to happen? So it, it's it's really it's an argument of, of selfishness, right? It's like when um, people protest, let's say there's a speaker at a university and then people get up there and protest. Uh, uh, Jordan Peterson refers to those people as narcissists. And that's absolutely true. Somebody else paid for the event. These a uh, hundred people showed up to hear our speaker, and then you got up there and said, "No, no, no, it's about me." Right? You egomaniacal bastard! It's not about you. You are not the. Th- if people wanted to see you, it's the Ronald Reagan line. I paid for this microphone. Right. 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 You know what I mean? If, if somebody wanted to see you, they'd pay to see you. But that's not what they did. But you thought it was acceptable to interject yourself in to make yourself the story, and that's that is the ugly stuff. And yeah, forget. I don't. I don't care about this kid. There was the story of two kids fighting. Like, so there's a difference. There were two kids fighting at school, and this marine is, or is, or is it, he's a private in the army, maybe. I think mm-hmm. he was a marine. And he sees this and runs and tackles both kids <laughs> from the back, knocking one into another. They both go down in a heap, and then he picks up one and tosses them to the side. <laughs> they both took a little while to get up. I would argue. That the, that, the, that the soldier in question didn't have to do that. You could have broken up the fight without tackling the two kids. You weren't wrong to break up a fight. I would tell you there's a better way to do it than that, and you might have to deal with the consequences of that. As a parent, I might get pretty upset that you thought you should solve a fight by doing that. And not knowing the context of the fight either could also be a problem. If you're running onto a football field during a football game, you know exactly what you're doing. You know you're being a jerk face, and you should expect 
what's coming to you. Meanwhile, you should be allowed to vape. This bourbon is the Henry McKenna. It's the 10-year. I dig Bottled it. in bond. On the, on the cube, it's lovely. It's solid. There's a, there's a, a bit of citrus in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting the nutmeg that they were talking no, about. No, I'm not super there on the spice, but there's, a, there's dark fruit and vanilla. I would say that that much is, is true. I don't know if, if in the, on the palate there's a, a leathery uh, at all. Um, I don't even know if I'd say toasted corn. A bit of caramel. There's a thickness, though, a syrupiness. Yeah. Mm. No, it's all right. 30 bucks a bottle, I'd buy it. Yeah, most definitely. Hey, it's Fingers Malloy. Listen and subscribe to the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast over on iTunes. And please leave us a five-star review. For you non-iPhone people, you can check out Eat, Drink, Smoke on TuneIn, Stitcher, and Fireside. Now back to Eat, Drink, Smoke. I just lit up. I got the cigar going. We're doing uh, from Davidoff. We don't always do a Davidoff, although, but, but Blend is a Davidoff lounge. So we end up doing a fair amount of them, but we do bring... Other things in sometimes, you know, uh, we, we we force them to stock the humidor the way we want here at Eat Drink Smoke, which is available on iTunes. You should subscribe. You should subscribe to the podcast Eat Drink Smoke on iTunes. Uh, this is the complexion, the Davidoff complexion. Now I have never done this cigar before, ever once, ever. It's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper over a series of Dominican tobaccos. Now this is six by fifty-two. So 52, that larger number refers to the ring gauge. That refers to how round it is, how fat it is around. <laughs> and then the six refers to how long it is. So <laughs> six inches long, 52. So 64 would be a full inch around. 52, I consider to be a nice size, a nice, comfortable size. This is a, a, a Toro here. This is not a cheap cigar. This is 30 bucks a smoke right here. However, the blend, while the wrapper's an Ecuadorian Habano, the binder's Dominican, the filler... Is Dominican San Vicente Navarrete. It is, uh, uh, I think it's pronounced Peloto. Uh, it is a hybrid of, of, of sorts as well. It's just this mutt of opportunities that they've kind of put uh, in, in into place here. Uh, this is going to have, this is probably a full-bodied medium of cigars, how I would call it. It's got a nice brown, leather brown, Light leather brown look uh, to it. Uh, just a touch of oil on, uh, from the eye. But when you touch it, when you feel this wrapper, it just feels smooth. It just feels very, very nice. It is a gr- it's a, a good-sized cigar, which you could, on your back deck, take a good 60 to 90 minutes with. You know, some of them are two-hour cigars. Some of them are longer. And everybody smokes a little differently. So I'm saying 60 to 90 minutes. We just started. Where are you at? Where are you at? Happy with it so far. Uh, definitely not. You know, you you always like to talk about how a cigar may be a, a golf course cigar. I, I don't think I would want to bring this course. out. Yeah. After the course, absolutely, positively. Um, all right, there is a lot happening. There is no, there is no single flavor going on here. But there's nothing here that's hitting me in in the start of this first third that's over spicy at all. No, I I, I would. To me, this is kind of a mild cigar. Honestly, I wonder if other people would take it differently. I don't. I don't think so, and I don't think it's going to get that way. I think as you smoke, it's going to. It'll. It'll build a touch. But this is. This is actually lovely. I use the word lovely a lot because it, it. It sometimes just sets it up. Hmm. 
There's really good smoke that comes off of it. It's a very easy draw. But no no spice for the most part. At least I'm not catching it. But, you know, I just had a bunch of spicy mustard. So maybe that's... Oh, did you? Maybe that's oh, we always my do, judgment. Every time we do the, the podcast, we do a charcuterie plate, right? So it's a mix of meats and cheeses. And the smoked gouda, I will tell you, is, is fantastic that they do here. They did a pepper jack, which has totally messed with my palate in a weird way. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, wasn't ready for it, but they do have a wonderful spicy mustard, which more and more I'm a, I'm a fan of. I, I, I don't know if it's an age function or what have you, but it happened a few years back. Uh, I can handle so I can't do real spice. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I want flavor. I don't want heat, but I can do spicy better. I like, I like, cold, I like things colder. It's a weird a weird thing. I used to have friends that I would go and we would get wings and they would get the 911 or 911 911 super hot emergency yeah, yeah the emergency stuff 911 not 911 you know and, not going down that road and I would watch them eat and there would be snot coming out of their noses and they would be sweating it profusely and I thought how are you enjoying yourself by doing why are you putting yourself would you do that now this? god no never i like a little kick but right. not to the point where you've got mucus pouring out of your face while you're trying to eat wings you save that just for sex <laughs> right everybody's got to have a fetish <laughs> this is good no this is good this is lately i've been on a kick of having some real crap i don't know what it has been cigars you know, or food or no cigars i over the past two weeks, I've tried a couple different Nat Shermans, and I am always, I, I love the people of Nat Sherman so much, but I have just been up and down with their cigars, and you know I'm a, I'm a Lancero fan, the longer, thinner uh, cigars, almost of mm-hmm. a Churchill length, but really in, in, like the, in the 30s in terms of, of, I think it's a 38, is, is the ring gauge, and I didn't finish it. Really? I mean, for me to not finish a cigar, it's just, I, I'm not going to do that to myself. But I had one of the Supremes the other day on a, on a drive home, a rare cigar in my car, because I had like a two-hour drive, and it was solid. It was a solid, simple cigar. I don't know what's the story. What We did a review for the Nat Sherman Timeless. Yes. It was a box press, and I really enjoyed that cigar. But I, I don't know how many Nat Shermans we've really done here. Do they, I don't even know if they have a, a, a big selection of Nat Shermans here. Like here it, at Blend, yes, they've, they got, they've got a good size. And, and honestly, they do some some good work, and I like the Timeless. I've always been a fan of the Timeless. Timeless is a good cigar uh, for, for an everyday cigar when you know you, you just want to have a smoke uh, to keep in there. And I think they do good work. It's just it. I've just been up and down with it. It's been driving me absolutely crazy. And and then I forget the other one I did where I'm like, nah. I'm, I put it down. I grabbed another one out of the humidor, which is always disappointing because you're spending your money right. on these things. you know. And in my humidor, it, listen, my humidor is not filled with $100 cigars, but it is filled with some good stuff. So if I have a cigar and I'm like going through like the first third, I'm like, nope. That's, that is disappointing. Like it tugs at me. Like, well, should I just finish it? And well, I've just come to the point in life where I'm like, no. I shouldn't just finish. That's, That's terrible. And that comes with age, don't you think? I mean, because I, maybe 10, 15 years ago, if somebody handed me a crappy cigar, I would probably just finish it because, yeah. well, that's a waste. But now you get to the point where you're like, why am I putting myself through this? If this, this cigar is garbage, why am I determined to finish it and mm-hmm. ruin the next 45 minutes of my life smoking a subpar cigar? And I, so I agree with you. And I've gotten that way to when a cigar doesn't have a good burn. A cigar that doesn't have a good burn is the most frustrating, annoying, 
So, so picture it. You want a cigar to burn evenly all the way through. Now, one of the ways to do that is to turn your cigar. Heat rises. So if you find that you're burning more at the bottom and not the top, or, or more at the top and not the bottom, it's because heat rises and that's where the heat's going. So just turn your cigar. It's all you have to do, and you keep things even in that way. The Pennsylvania pinch, too. Well, that's if the, that's if the cigar is the draw. That's if the cigar is too uh, tightly packed. Mm-hmm. You you can pinch it with your thumb and forefinger, and just kind of start moving things around so you get some better airflow going on there. And I've been able to save a multiplicity of cigars with that. But if it's just too much hassle on concentrate lighting, no, I'm done. That's up to that's up to the cigar manufacturer to make the cigar right. Now, I'll always give them a second chance because sometimes it's a hand-rolled product. It's, it's one of a kind. You're going to have an issue. But if it happens more than once, I'm done with that. I just set it to the side. I'm not buying that anymore. I, w- I won't have any part of it. You don't have any spice on this, Fingers? You're really not getting any spice on this because it's that? No, I, I, not so far, no. Um, I, I, I feel... Oh, and th- and th- look, this is I, I I freely admit I do not have a sophisticated palate when it comes to cigars. You are the cigar aficionado of the show. Well, I just like to come along for the ride and enjoy a cigar and tell you a layman's perspective on it. Um, to me, because there's not a lot of spice, this just feels like a very mild, enjoyable cigar to me, and that's what I like. I like mm-hmm. a, a more of a creamy cigar. Then that, you've been doing this so long. If you think this is a mild cigar, your palate has changed. Okay. From where... Go back to those original podcasts that we drink smoke on iTunes. Your palate has changed. If this is, if this is just an easy, mild cigar, that's, that's interesting. I mean, that's more interesting than anything else. I'm curious if you try the cigar again in a week after not having the, had the spicy mustard. That could be. If you'll feel the same way. That could it, be. It feels the same way. And you know what you should have it with? You should have it with Backbone Bourbon. Fantastic, fantastic sponsors. The Uncut, the Prime, or the Old Bones Reserve, which is a 10-year straight bourbon, 110 proof. And they only use bourbon that is 10 years or older in everything they do, BackboneBourbon.com. Now, I am a big fan of the Bone Snapper Rye, which is a 95% rye and a 5% malted barley, 108 proof that's aged for about two and a half years. It is just their rye is incredible and worth the price of admission. And I'm not a rye guy, and yeah. I love it. Right. No, that was the first rye we ever did on the podcast where we're like, oh, oh, so this is what it is. And then a year later, they became sponsors of, <laughs> of, of the podcast. A year later. They also do a great gin. These are really excellent people. And they admit, listen, our bourbon is, 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 is not for, for doing shots. Our bourbon is for sipping. That's what we make. It's what we build. And we're absolutely um, proud of it. You know, And they're proud of the fact that they're in Indiana. I mean, listen, people from all over the world listen to this podcast, and thank you, by the way. We appreciate it. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they love their Indiana roots. They love the Indiana connection. And you can find Backbone Bourbon in any liquor store. Just ask for it by name, Backbone Bourbon. You can say you heard about it on the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Uh, you can go to BackboneBourbon.com and find out more about them and find out how to get it where you live. Backbone Bourbon is absolutely worth having in your liquor cabinet. And without question, you want to have the rye. You want to have the rye in there. Now, they have two kinds. They've got the Bone Snapper, and they've got the X-Ray. Um, the, the X-Ray is aged for four years. It's 110 proof. It is a stronger pup than the Bone Snapper. Let's start with the Bone Snapper. If, you, if, you, if you're a rye person, go right for it. The ryes are just terrific. I'm not trying to say anything about uh, their bourbons. Uh, the, uh, the, the Prime is a blended 
Um, it's got the backbone uncut, and they have a four different types of whiskey uh, to uh, recreate it. Three to four-year-old straight bourbon bottled at 104 proof. Backbone bourbon. <laughs> backbone bourbon. 110 proof, 104 proof. Yeah, they're, they're not, they came to play. They came to play. Absolutely terrific. Backbonebourbon.com. Uh, I think I have told the story of the time my mother and I were on a plane to Arizona. I went to Arizona State University. I noticed I said I went. I didn't say I graduated. The Fighting Sun Devils. It's not fighting. It's no? just the Sun Devils. It's the Sun Devils. Uh, and um, we're on the plane. I think it was the actual trip to not visit the school. Maybe it was just to visit the school. Or No, 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 no. It was, it was, I was moving out there to go to school. And for whatever reason, my mother and I are in the bulkhead. So that's the part on the plane where it's got the, the exit door. So my, my, my mom is, is on the aisle. I'm in the middle seat. I, I don't remember who's to my left. And, and there's the exit door. Well, there were some kids on the plane. I'd say they were seven or eight. Okay. Maybe they were a little bit older. And parents who weren't paying much attention. And the kid starts going near the door. And I look to my mother. And my mother's like, feel free to say something. And the kid starts touching the exit door. Oh, no, no, and no, I no, said, no. And I actually... Put out my hand, and I'm, I'm all of 18. And moved, no, you can't touch that. And the mother was there. I was like, don't you touch him. And I said out loud on an airplane, if the kid touches the door again, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> as clear as day. <laughs> now, going back over it, I'm not sure if I said I'm going to kill him or I'm going to kill you. But I said it directly. We were getting off the plane. This woman is yelling at me. I'm going to get my husband. He's going to tell you what for. I had with me like, like a suitcase and my bass guitar. Oh, no. Because, you know, I was going oh, to college. No. And, and, and I was, I was going to make it in a band, That's man. That's a story for another playing time. Playing bass. What a schmuck I was. You know who else plays bass? Beto. Uh, no. No. Beto O'Rourke played bass? Oh, yeah. He was in a little band. There's, there's footage of him at uh, El Paso cable access uh, playing a, a, a show out. So I had my backpack and my bassoon. That's how I now <laughs> tell the story from now on. And I, we didn't see them. We didn't see the, any, any husband or whatever. There was no way she was married to anybody who would love her. And I, that, that absolutely happened. It started my long history with you're not allowed to be a schmuck on a plane. You sit there, you eat your peanuts, maybe have a drink, and you get from point A to point B and be thankful exactly that physics right. works and lift is real. That's what you have to be thankful for. That's it. American Airlines had to make an unscheduled stop because a male passenger started punching seats, yelling at other passengers, smoking cigarettes. It was a, it was a flight out of Phoenix. It was headed to Minneapolis. Was it Alec Baldwin? It was, I, he, didn't call, he wasn't calling anybody a little pig <laughs> like his daughter. So he, he takes off. Um, starts yelling and threatening other passengers. He actually punched the seat in front of him. Some woman's sitting there. She's like, "Wah!" Like, what in the world is this? What was that again? Wah! I assume that's how she yelled. <laughs> At one point, he goes to the bathroom where he starts smoking. And while he's in the bathroom, he starts yelling, you're all screwed. Now, before that happens, I'm already up. I'm ready for the fight. It is already, I already know that I've picked the three or four biggest guys on the plane. You two, watch the front door. You two, come with me. I know this is happening, and I already know, and I swear to you this is true. 
the amount of times I've gotten into a fight in my life is zero. I have never once been in a fight in my life. But I already know when I'm on a plane, I know that the first thing that's coming off is my belt. Freaky. I'm going to knock someone unconscious. Yeah. And if I... There is nothing I will not do. You do not get to screw around on a plane. And if you think, by the way... Oh, my gosh, Tony, that's like so... What? Did you really not prepare? I love it when these people start talking about... Uh, uh, you shouldn't have to go into a, uh, a, a restaurant and have to worry about whether someone has a firearm or where the exits are. Everywhere I go, I know where the exits are. Right. I go into a hotel, I know where the exits are. I go into a restaurant, I know where the exits are. I know, who's, I know what's happening at the front door. This is natural stuff that grown-ups do. They're aware of their surroundings. Situational awareness, Tony. Uh, did you learn nothing from Roadhouse? Really? Did you learn nothing from Beverly Hills Cop? Didn't Eddie Murphy have to teach young Judge Reinhold why are these two kids wearing trench coats in a strip club? Didn't they have to learn? Oh, I thought you were talking about the bananas and the tailpipe. Oh, that was something else I learned. <laughs> Admittedly, that was a good life lesson. I'm ready. How do people think they can get on a plane and act the fool is beyond me. And that we still, we're 18 years past September 11th. And we still have people who just, oh, no, don't pay any attention. Oh, no. Oh, well. There's no, oh, well. There's no, oh, well. It's, it's not a public street corner where someone's acting a fool. And you can just, uh, you know, be on your little cafe table eating whatever sandwich that they give you at, at the restaurant. This is a freaking airplane. There's so many things that could go wrong if one individual decides that they're, they're going to wreck, wreck the place. No, there, there's behavior that you don't put up with on an airplane. And I'm sorry. Look, I understand not wanting to get in a, a confrontation. And there have been times where my size has gotten me out of confrontations because all I have to do is stand up. I'm, I'm 6'3", you know, oh, I'm chiseled. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Wait, Was I not supposed to laugh at that? <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, how do the men on that plane, if they see a guy punch a woman's seat in front of him, not stand up and say, this needs to stop now or there, there are going to be problems, buddy. I don't understand, but no, you, there's there's you, a couple. I don't disagree. There's a couple ways to do it. The first thing you can ask, you can go the gentle route. Hey, man, you're getting loud. You all right? You know, sometimes you can help someone. You can talk them through it. Sometimes, for whatever reason, that's happening, and someone could be having a moment. Or you say, "Do that again, and I'll rip your trachea out." <laughs> wow, wow, right there. The point is, is that you're not supposed to just sit there and take it. That's a terrible, terrible idea. Right. I mean, a miserable idea. And I don't understand why people still do it. It frightens me. How can the lesson not be learned that none of this is allowed? None of it. And you see these videos of people yelling and screaming on planes, and, and they're just ridiculous. I, why? Why? Oh, listen, I, I don't like to fly. I freely admit that. Is so that I will. Oh, I hate it. Ever since 9-11, I, I can't stand it. So I will, uh, when I am able to, once I get through security, the first place I head to is the, uh, the airport bar to have a couple of cocktails. Problem is, is that uh, some people take that to the extreme and then get on the airplane. You know, have 
seven or eight. And, and the, you know, the person taking your ticket doesn't know if you can somehow walk a straight line, just hand them the ticket and not say anything. Who knows if this person was intoxicated? Uh, you know, there were some stories about what, what he was smoking, um, but I'm not going to bring them up here because it didn't it wasn't in this particular story. Uh, but there oh, wait, were, this oh this guy was there were reports that it, there may have been marijuana involved. Um, but uh, the bottom line is, I I don't understand in 2019 how passengers didn't I'd have done control that, this person. And that's and that's the part that's the part that blows the mind. When why do you think the thing to do is to do nothing? Why do we think the thing to do is just to let it pass? Oh, the, the what the 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 uh, 125 pound flight attendant is going to take care of this no you you if you want to be if you don't want to rock the boat too much you at least grab the flight attendant and say do you need some help right do, something do you need some help because we we could take care of so this wait for you. so if i now confront the guy you think the other passengers are like oh sit down don't do that there will be some that would dear lord oh don't don't escalate the situation anymore than it is escalate it what the hell are you talking about this guy just punched and a that, woman's seat and that's how hitler got poland <laughs> bunch of chamberlains on that plane right people are like don't let hitler get all uppity and then the next thing you know chamberlain's like no it's cool dude no it's yeah. cool i talked to him i and, talked to him and then that guy owns right? american airlines right by the way that is, that is the safest Hitler joke you could possibly do. Like, that's... Because that's just about, the, you know, taking over our other country. We haven't even gotten to the stuff yet. I feel... You know what? I'm, I feel okay with that one. That was historical reference. Solid. Solid. It was actually more Neville Chamberlain than it was a Hitler joke. That was a Neville Chamberlain joke. That's how I'm going to couch that one. Right? When the censors come and knock <laughs> at the door. You're through the first third of this cigar. This is the complexion. From uh, Davidoff right here. This is a Toro 6x52. Uh, where are you at? Oh, well, here's the deal with the cigar. And we've talked about this before. I love this cigar. Okay? I, I, I'm really enjoying it. It all depends on your budget. We have smoked sticks that I've enjoyed just as much as this that have been in the 11 to $15 price point. Right. Uh, if you are comfortable spending a little bit more, this is definitely worth it. Uh, if you're not one that normally uh, is spending $30 a stick on us, I, I don't know if it's worth making that leap. You know, you know what I'm saying? But I, I think this is wonderful. Yeah. So first, I, I'm, I'm got to tell you, I'm surprised. There is spice in this cigar. I think it's a rather well-balanced spice. Sometimes it hit hard. It hits like harsh. Yes. This is not. Nothing about this is harsh, but it has built over that really I'm really at the end of the, of the first third I, and I right would agree now. with you on that it, it, the, but it's not nearly some of the, the the sticks that we've lit over the past year that spice hits you the second that you light that thing and right. it wasn't like that with this this has been a gradual increase on the spice so I could see where it would be described as, as a medium but I still feel this is this is so good you know I'm we, really we, happy with this um, I am I am this is what do you think about the price so you're not wrong uh, would I spend $30 for this uh, stick? The answer is maybe, but I would say it's more to what I'm doing at the moment. What is it for, right, where I would spend it? Um, I agree that there are also plenty of cigars with good spice at a much lower price point that I think could could give me close to the same. What I like about this is that 
the spice is there, and the spice is multi-layered. It isn't just one note. There's a couple of notes going on there. It also has a nice bit of cream that matches it going through. And and I don't know if, if some people would say that that's the the, the the wrapper on this one, which is this uh, Ecuadorian Habano uh, going in there. So and, and maybe it's not even a cream. It's a little more down-to-earth kind of flavor. Maybe you would call it a leather. Maybe you'd call it... Uh, 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 I'm going to say a butterscotch, but that's not right. Of, um, I don't mean it in, in terms of its richness, but it's all, uh, in, oh, in terms of that deepness, but I would say a velvety. It, there are some peppers that hit you hard. This is much more of a velvety kind of thing. It's playing in nicely all together. I will admit, I love this wrapper. This wrapper feels great and, and smokes great. So I'm very happy. So I can understand from the construction standpoint and from the internal standpoint why it has a certain price point. It doesn't mean that you have to spend it. I'm with you there. There is, uh, if you want to talk budget cigars, and we can do that for an episode, um, Brickhouse, which we've often talked about, the La Polina Maduro. We will do the La Polina Maduro. It is seven bucks a stick. Now, it's not this flavor. It's a whole different kind of thing. Delightful. The, uh, that and the Brickhouse are your cigar, are your golf course cigar smokes. They are your, I did, I was at, when I went to the wedding, mm-hmm. I brought cigars but I didn't know who was a cigar smoker and who wasn't and you don't have to spend $30 a stick when you don't know uh, the people I got the La Polina Rosado right so it was, it was the other side of the of the Maduro there again $7 a stick fantastic and perfect for the event solid good flavorful but you're not breaking the bank you don't care if you lose one if someone only smoked three puffs because they just wanted the experience you're not like how dare you waste my money like right, that right. which is a whole nother thing and it's also a good cigar there are people who like to smoke when they drive. I'm not, unless it's a long drive, I'm not doing it. On a long drive, if it's just me, I, 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 I drive the Hummer and uh, go ahead. Tee. And, uh, you know, the sunroof is, is open because if you don't have a Hummer with a sunroof, what kind of American are you? And it's a great, fantastic. When I used to live in LA and I'd drive to Vegas, I would, uh, anything that would do a two hour cigar. And I would just go. We did a road trip once where we were smoking on the way there, and I can't remember. Maybe it was Ohio, and it was in, it, smoking with a friend in a uh, right? in a car on a road trip is something I'd never done before, and I enjoyed it. Did we not do that? We drove to the Iowa caucuses. Either that, or we drove to uh, there was an AFP event in Columbus, Ohio. I think maybe that's where maybe we, did we went it. to Columbus. Yeah, but it was uh, it, 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 there are there are places there are moments to do it. Some people are always in their cigars uh, in their car smoking. Um, that's not me. I need to be able to have the time to do the things and I don't smoke the smaller stuff uh, there's a, a cigar called Nub N-U-B which is it's like four inches now I will tell you it's incredible maybe it's a four and a half it is an absolutely spectacular smoke Nub is incredible and I used to smoke them what I found is I want the time it, I, I, it wasn't enough but for that person who like just only has 45 minutes and they want a cigar? The nub is in, you're what you're taking a lunch break and you want to have a cigar? The nub. Oh my they don't sell, I wish a blend had them here. I, they it's been a while. So they may not even be in business anymore. I assume they are. Terrific, but no, I, I 30 bucks. You got to have the time. You got to be able to sit. I absolutely agree I, with I'm that. I'm definitely going to look up uh, and, and see if they're still selling nub because that to me I, I don't see myself as being an everyday uh, cigar smoker because I don't necessarily have to. But if I could find a cigar that I could sit down for 15, 20 minutes, I could see 
smoking a, a cigar three, four days a week if that's all the time I yeah, have invested have in a cigar them. that's really good. They still have them. Uh, you could do it as the Havano. You could do it as the Cameroon, which is uh, excellent. And what's the price point on that? Uh, buh, 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 buh. So this is... Uh, a so this I, I'm, I just picked one online again. I try not to buy online. I always try and buy from the people. Sure. Um, a box of twenty four for one hundred thirty five bucks. Right. Yeah. It. I'm telling you. I'm absolutely telling you. It is just a sensational. The Nub Maduro Tubo. Um, a box of twelve is ninety eight dollars. So that's a hundred bucks. So it's like eight dollars <laughs> yeah, a stick, right? Yeah. Um, and you'll you'll wonder, be like, yeah, but it's a short stick. It's it's a four by sixty too. It is a four, uh, and sixty is a pretty good size ring gauge. You're gonna love the living daylights out of it. It is terrific. And that now there's a great example of cigar for moment, mm-hmm. and that matters. So this is a moment you need to. It's got to be a moment of special. You got to be able to take it in. You got to be able to relax with it. On this, do not drink coffee. I wouldn't with this one here, the Davidoff complexion. Which I'm enjoying as now I'm getting into the second third. Now I'm super happy. Now I'm really, really happy because it's gotten into some full richness here to match the the, the spice. And it plays well with the bourbon. It plays well, very well with the bourbon. I often like cigar with coffee. I like a cigar with coffee. I would not do this with coffee on any day of the week. This isn't At, a morning cigar. No, no. no. This is a, a do it with just. You can do it with the bourbon. Do it with just the water. Do it with just the water and let the cigar be. Uh, the full day on this. I want to get into the story about mom feeding her kid. <laughs> so there are um, these stories um, of it, there's a disease called Munchausen's, which is when you pretend to be sick, right? That that's that's Munchausen's disease, um, and people they they love being sick. They love the idea of of having some kind of illness. And they'll sometimes make themselves sick because they like the attention they get. It's really, really messed up. Then there's something called Munchausen by proxy. Munchausen by proxy is disgusting. It's when parents very often make their kids sick because they like the attention. And there are stories of people not only making their kids sick, sick to the point where they're hospitalized, still keeping them sick in the hospital. Still keeping them sick in the house. It is ugly. It is gross. I. It, it's. How can you do that to your child? On what planet could you do that to your child? It's. It's. It's beyond me. There's this mom in the UK who has a very obese child. Actually referred to him as Donut. Oh, jeez. She prevented him from participating in physical activities. The kid is sick. Maybe because of this, maybe there's another problem and this is just exacerbating it. In the hospital, and mom is sneaking the kid fast food. I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know what to do with that level of child abuse. I, 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 I don't know how you do it. Don't, are you so... What, what happens to someone that they can't recognize? Wait a second. I'm going to end up killing my kid. What level of selfishness do you own that it's so much about you or you can't stand up? The kid's like, oh, but I'm hungry. Oh, no, I can only eat a Big Mac. Let's, I, I'm not, and I'm, and I'm, I'm making that assumption. And you're like, well, guys, I got to get him a Big Mac. What the hell is that? It's so awful to watch, and it's happening again and again. Um, as the story goes, the child died at the age of 13 
from a heart condition. Supposedly ate 2,000 calories each day before lunch and was 66 pounds at three years old. Was a teenager when he died. How is that parent not guilty of murder? How? I mean, are you, do you, you don't think so? Here's what I have a problem with, with, with the story. And it's this, it hits all the buttons, right? Everyone is concerned with childhood obesity. Uh, you have a, a story where uh, there's a parent that's enabling their kid to become obese. It, basically, uh, you know, handing this kid a, a, a gun and basically saying, pull the trigger, except it's with food. I mean, 66 pounds before you're three years old, that's, that's insane. 2,000 calories for a, a kid. Before lunch. Before lunch. But in the story, it says uh, that... The, the kid passed away and that the weight contributed to it. Is there more to the story that isn't being reported because this story hits all the buttons where, you know what, uh, there should be more regulation when it comes to parenting. Uh, because they're, they're, at the end, it says the police allegedly looked into the case, but the mother was not charged. Why was the mother not charged? Is it because there's more to the story with the, about the heart condition that... That was the the reason why the kid died. And okay, yeah, the the weight was part of it. I just am really suspicious about stories like this because it plays into we need more government regulation into parenting. Uh, that it, worries me. Is the argument that now is the, this is in the UK, right? Is are you making the argument that I mean, for lack of a better word, argument, right? Um, that it's written in this way to try and solicit and or elicit reaction from us. To some kind of oh, we have to do something. Isn't that what where we are in 2019? There's holy cynical. There's a there's there's a story. Oh my gosh, something needs to be done. We need to do something. We need legisl- legislation passed. We shouldn't let these kids uh, vape. So we need the government to step in instead of just saying uh, just shaming this parent is what should be. They should they should every they, they, they what's the I don't Game need of to Thrones? Shame the parent. I need the parent to go to jail. That, now, I don't know if the parent has other kids, and you're, I'm you're a, right to the idea there could be a million other extenuating circumstances that we don't know anything about that would make us think differently about the story. I'm not disagreeing with you that the, the parent should go to jail, by the way. I just see these stories, and it just, to me, it's like, okay, are we starting to try to weave this narrative? I mean, you just had, uh, what was it, Joe Biden a couple weeks ago on a debate stage saying that parents want... Uh, Social workers coming into their homes at an earlier age, and we need to get, get kids into school earlier. And, and it's just this this really starts to make me worry when you have this oddball story of this one kid who unfortunately passed away because um, the, the parent enabled the kid to become the weight. And that certainly he, seems to be the way it looks. Um, that, okay, is this, is this leading somewhere? And that's, that's what worries me. I've never understood you see these... Uh, these reality TV shows where these people are, are bedridden, they're 700, 800, 900 pounds, and they, they, they can't feed themselves, they can't bathe themselves, and rather than the family member saying, okay, this needs to stop, they keep bringing in the fast food and enabling the behavior just because they want to keep the person happy. Uh, there, there are so many issues that we don't know about in, in this story, but it, it makes you wonder if 
uh, this mother wanted this kid to be totally dependent on her to the point where she just wanted him in the house eating and not going out. I need my kid in my house, and I, I don't want him to have friends. I don't want him to have physical activity. I mean, the kid had to lie. or The kid had to have school administrators lie to the mother because he wanted to participate in physical activity. I, there's just so many layers to the story that we don't know. But I do agree with you that uh, I, I feel like there, there should be some sort of uh, repercussions with this woman. But I, I just don't, I don't want this to be treated as, oh, you know what? This, is, this one story shows that we have an epidemic where we need social workers to come in. And we need a, a hotline whenever you see a chubby kid to be able to call anonymously to report that parent because the kid is chubby. There's just, I just worry that this, this, this tends to you grow to and grow place. and grow and grow and grow. No, but I, I, I get your point. I think everyone gets your point. It, it, it's, it's the opportunistic. What do they do? Oh, wait, someone died from vaping up. Oh, let's pull out the plan out of a drawer. Okay. Oh, look, this happened to a child. Okay. Let's pull the plan out of a drawer. They're always pulling a plan out of uh, the, the, the drawer. And they're always trying to take something to an extreme. Now, and we need to enable uh, child protective services to go even further than where they go now. And now we've got. Uh, oh dear lord! I, I, there's so many places this can go, and it. Just, I just sometimes I just want to pump the brakes and say, "Hey, this is one story. Can we not turn this into this is a national epidemic?" Because, uh, and and there there are good reasons to look and say, "Okay, kids are bigger now than they were before." But to, to, where this can go. It's, it, it can get ugly and scary, and I, I hope that we could pump the brakes on that. The Henry McKenna 10-year bottled in bond. That's the bourbon. It's solid on the cube. I'm enjoying it. 30 bucks, you can have you can have this in your uh, you can have this in, in, in your liquor cabinet. This is it, it, much better on the cube. It was it was it wasn't bad on you know neat. It was just I, I would say too thick. So much better on the cube. Right? This this is solid. And the Davidoff complexion. The Davidoff complexion has a very good amount of spice, but a very well-balanced amount of spice. I like it. No, I like that a lot. I am very happy. I'm happier with the cigar than with the bourbon. The bourbon is fine. Um, the cigar is really, really good. If you're somebody who smokes cigars, it's worth trying. It's worth giving that a go and a shot. The Davidoff complexion. Fingers Malloy, uh, the Snark Factor podcast, Enough Already podcast, Wham Talk 1600 is where you find him. Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook, facebook.com slash Fingers Malloy Radio. And find me, TonyCats.com, and of course, uh, uh, facebook.com slash Radio and Backbone Bourbon, our fantastic sponsor, BackboneBourbon.com. Fanimation for your ceiling fans, Fanimation.com and the great people of Blend. Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana, Nashville, Houston, and Pittsburgh. Incredible, incredible cigar lounge. Uh, the best of the best. Got to go check it out uh, for yourself. Don't forget to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, what's the point? What are you doing? Subscribe on iTunes. I mean, we're at Stitcher. We're in Google Play, all the places. But iTunes, you want to write a review, and you want to give a five-star review. You want to do both and subscribe on iTunes. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.